great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Shout Live inside Wing Nuts, 700 Military Road, the North Buffalo location. I'm pretty full already because I've been crushing them as I always do uh, right here inside Wing Nuts. I have the OGs with me as always, and we usually do a little story time, but we're, it's a two-parter today. Where are you going to start us off at? We're going to start off by showing this Buffalo Bash is a benefit for first responders and there's QR code and ordering information. And from the ticket, you can see that Alicia and I will be there to represent wing nuts. And um, I, everybody, if you, if you're invited, you're all invited, please help out the first responders. They 100%. are, they are 100% helping us. So, you know, that's amazing. And what, what them, I'm going to do for that. You. Um, if you can't see the flyer right here, I'm going to put the link in the show notes after the show. Hit that link. It'll give you all the details. November 4th, right? Saturday, November 4th. There we go. Yes. Perfect. 7 to 11. Beautiful. I'll get, a, I'll get a link in there. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So now it is story time. Yes, it is. With Ed and Alicia. And uh, you, you've regaled us many times with wingnut stories. And you got a, you got a dandy here today yeah, for us. This one is no different. Um, Matt, you like the... Wingnuts mild, right? Oh my gosh, do I like them? I love them. That is the sauce that went around the world. And this story happened when Alicia and I were working out of the nights. It was just the two of us. And this family came in, mother, father, teenage girl, and two really small girls, like three years old. And they ate dinner. They had a great time. And they were getting ready to leave. And the father and the teenage girl and one of the small girls went out to the car. And the other small girl jumped under the table and barricaded herself under the table and started crying. And mom had no idea what was going on. So she's pulling her daughter out from under the table. And the girl starts screaming like someone stabbing her. Oh, my God. Alicia, Alicia and I were like, oh, my gosh, the cops are going to show up, right? And this girl is stomping her feet. Tears are coming down. She's in the middle of the room just screaming her head off. And finally, mom says, what is wrong? And the little girl goes, I want more miles. <laughs> She just wanted some more wings. Yeah. She wanted the OG sauce. Yeah, she did. I can appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I can appreciate that. Okay, so, so to end this story, uh, the little girl was grabbing onto the door frame of the room, wouldn't let her mom take her out. And I told her, you got to leave to come back. If you come back, you can have more mild. So she finally let go. Mom dragged her down. And halfway down the hall, she started screaming again. She wanted more of that mild. Oh, my gosh. So a couple months later, she came in with her whole family. She said, look at me. I'm getting more mild. I'm wearing my dancing dress. 
and she did dance until she ate. And then she went, washed her hands, came back and danced some more. She was so happy. She finally got her mild. That's awesome. A, a, a great wing story and a success story, if you it will. It was. It was. But I listen, I'm, I'm 41 years old and I, I'd like to admit, I'd like to think that I'm emotionally evolved. But if I couldn't get any mild sauce, I'm, I might start <laughs> crying, too. I don't know. That, that, it, it is that good. Behind you. It is that good. Ed and Alicia, thank you so much. We appreciate thank you, man, you very much. It's great seeing you again. You too, buddy. All right, I'm going to get Ryan Talbot in here. One half of the Shout Podcast. we got a football game to talk about. Bills and Giants. I know Bills Mafia. A little bit uh, disappointed after last week's result. The Bills losing to the Jags in London. But I think this matchup sets up, Ryan, completely different. It's a, it's a team in a completely different place. And it's a team from a year ago. Was on this high. Brian Dable gets there. They go to the playoffs to this year where they're sitting there at one and four. Their entire offense is just battered with injuries. I mean, I think more of a question is who's going to win this game. I think a better question might be how badly are the Bills going to beat the Giants? Yeah, I think that's a fair question, Matt. I mean, we, we sat there last weekend uh, in Tottenham saying how badly the Bills were beaten up, but the Giants are even worse shape injury wise. They are without four starters, two of which are offensive linemen. Their swing tackle is out. This just has all the makings of a a game where the Bills, won, get back on track and just absolutely blow the doors off this Giants team. I know everybody's ready for Sunday already. I'm sure people are tailgating, but the only way to be ready for Slider Sunday is uh, by heading over to slidersunday.com. You have a chance to win free products, brand swag, tailgating gear, trips, and much more. One chance per day, no purchase necessary. Always makes make Tops Friendly Markets a part of your game day. All right, a lot to get into for this matchup. And, you know, I think the best place to start is just to talk about this dynamic of Brian Dable returning to Buffalo because it's a guy that we're, we're, we're only a couple weeks removed from that Jets game when, people, when one of the, the biggest talked-about storylines with this team is, get Ken Dorsey out and bring Brian Dable back in. And now we're sitting here where I feel like the heat is starting to get turned up on Dable quite a bit in New York. I think there's question marks about how he's handled being bad and the adversity that's come in a big city, a big market team, and they're struggling right now. What do you make of how things are going for Brian Dable? And do they have enough healthy members, enough talent, to get up for a team in Buffalo, especially on the road on Sunday. You know, last year's Giants team actually reminded me a bit of the Bills team that broke the playoff drought, which we'll talk a little bit more about that here based on who the Bills are going to see at quarterback tomorrow. They overachieved a little bit they, they with lesser talent, and that's exactly what the Giants did last year. This year, though, it's been a rude awakening because you look at that division, the Eagles are still a legitimate Super Bowl contender. There's been some ups and downs, obviously, with Dallas uh, and the Commanders, but the Giants are just kind of pulling up the rear here based on the talent that they have, the injuries that have been piling up. Uh, I, I think there's probably some regret based on that contract they gave Daniel Jones already. Uh, it, it's just it's a tough situation if you're Brian Dable because you went from being the toast of the town one year ago to sitting in last place in this division. You know, offensively for the Giants, is where I think this game is really the most interesting 
because last week against a defensive line for the Miami Dolphins, which hasn't been overly impressive this season. I mean, the Bills saw him a couple weeks ago. Christian Wilkins was invisible in that game. He was not invisible against the Giants. I mean, this interior offensive line for the Giants crumbled in front of Daniel Jones, so much so that Terod Taylor ended up getting into the game in the second half. Even he got banged up quite a bit. And it's funny because this matchup is happening as I think a lot of Bills fans are concerned, and rightfully so, about what's going to happen at defensive tackle with Daquan Jones now out for at least the foreseeable future, maybe for the season. I want to get into this matchup and where I think the Bills can really exploit some things. We'll talk about Ed Oliver. But let's start with replacing Daquan Jones. Last week when he went out, it felt like the guy that kind of got vaulted into a larger role was Jordan Phillips. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily the recipe long term because Jordan Phillips doesn't have a great history with staying healthy, especially at a large snap share. So that leaves you Tim Settle, and it also leaves you Puna Ford. And to me, Puna Ford is the guy that I'm going to be watching as closely as anybody in this game. How much do the Bills put on his plate? How much do they trust him in this spot? And can they vault him into, you know, that secondary defensive tackle, snap share kind of candidate behind Ed Oliver? Or do they maybe push Tim Settle up, somebody who, to be honest, against the Jags last week, I didn't think he played very well. Yeah, you know, that's a great question. But this team is loaded at uh, with depth at defensive tackle. They carried five going into the regular season. Uh, of their major injuries, I still think that they're in the best shape at D-tackle. Mm-hmm. So Puna Ford is is my guy to watch, too. I really liked him in Seattle, what he did. Uh, has been waiting for his opportunity. He flashed sometimes here at training camp when we were there. Obviously, uh, the pick six interception comes to mind, but I, he had some nice moments. I think now that he's going to get that opportunity, this is a great game for him to get that chance to step up and make some impact plays against a Giants O-line that is nowhere near 100%. Yeah, so I'm going to run through this offensive line, and I had Charlotte Carroll from The Athletics. She covers the Giants. I had her on the show a couple days ago, and she really ran through just the absolute battered amount of players. I mean, not having Andrew Thomas in this game is a huge problem because Greg Rousseau is not even on the injury report anymore. I mean, he looks like he's trending in a great direction. Outside of Daquan Jones, they're really healthy on the edge where Leonard Floyd has been an absolute beast. A.J. Epinesa is coming off of, the biggest performance of his career. They are facing one of the most dangerous edge rusher groups. And Von Miller is an afterthought. I mean, he's not even to the point yet where I think teams are game planning for him, fearing him. But let's look at this offensive line. Joshua Azuda at left tackle for the Giants. Mark Lewinsky, pretty good player at left guard, but he struggled this year. Ben Bredesen. Ben Bredesen. Have you ever heard of Ben? I have not. Okay, he's starting center. Marcus McKethan. Okay, this dude, sorry to put him on blast. I went back and watched the Giants game last year, last week against the Dolphins. That might have been the most awful performance by an NFL guard in my entire life watching NFL football. It was that bad. And guess who he gets to face this week? Ed Oliver. Yeah, listen, th- this is a nightmare scenario for this Giants team coming into this game. Uh, They elevated Justin Pugh from the practice squad, former Syracuse player. Jalen Mayfield's another guy, but they're literally just cycling through players right now, hoping to find a combination. And you mentioned it, Ed Oliver has been a man possessed this year, and he's probably just sitting here looking at this matchup saying, this is going to be another impact game. He had three tackles for loss last week. He's been making plays all season long. 
You mentioned the edge rushers getting Rousseau back. Uh, obviously, probably upping Von Miller. I would think to maybe 25 snaps in this game. Uh, or don't. Yeah, or, or don't. don't if you don't have maybe to. have them go in the first half and then That's fair. take the pedal off, take the foot off the gas pedal because why risk it? Right, absolutely. Especially if you have Rousseau playing at a high level, uh, if you have Floyd playing at a high level, we know what AJ Epinesa has been doing. But just in general, this D line should be an absolute nightmare matchup for this Giants team. And yes, they do have a more they have a mobile quarterback as their backup QB as well. But I still think they're going to get home quite a bit. I'm wondering what the Bills are going to do with the numbers game at defensive end. Because if Miller goes, Rousseau is back. Kingsley Jonathan was the number one graded edge rusher for the Bills last week against the Jaguars. 92 out of 100 per PFF. That's the highest graded performance by a Bills edge rusher defensive lineman this season. So what do you do here? Do you do you sit, make Shaq Lawson? A healthy scratch coming off of that toe injury, that might be the easiest way to keep Kingsley Jonathan in the lineup. Yeah, I think Shaq Lawson's the easy answer because of the toe injury. And, yes, he, he's trending in the right direction. Be given that extra week. And you keep your young guy in Kingsley Jonathan on the field, keeping part of that rotation. They loved him last year. They were sad to lose him. They brought him back when the Giants – I'm sorry, when the Bears uh, released him last year. And now I think they want to give him some more run after a great performance. So – of the DNs, I think Shaq Lawson makes the most sense to be a healthy scratch. All right, we're inside Wingnuts, North Buffalo, uh, 700 Military Road. Uh, for my money, uh, the best wings in Buffalo, or at least in the conversation. Uh, every time I walk in here and try these chicken wings, they're just absolutely dynamic. We had What did you have tonight? I had the Wingnuts Mild. I'm boring. I do this every single time. Uh, AJ and John always look at me, and they say the usual, and I'm always my boring self, and I say yes. Did you, did you spice it up a little bit this time? Honey garlic tonight. Ooh. Always a favorite of ours as well. I got to say, so. this has been an uncomfortable conversation for me, and now I know why. It's the garlic. That's okay. right. No, Very good. Unbelievable wings here. Unbelievable beers as well. I have a Echo Cooler, Matt. It is based on Ecto Cooler, the old high C drink that I absolutely loved growing up. They actually brought that back a couple years ago for a quick minute. I should have stocked up a little bit more because that, that was my jam back in the day. See? I mean, you can't go wrong. I'm going to pull it up here, Okay, Matt. there you go. I'll get mine, too. I'm a little parched. Yeah. Why not? You've got the color consistency. you got the flavor, but there's beer in it. There's alcohol in it. That makes it uh, even better than those old high seas. No, it looks delicious. <clears throat> My mouth is, uh, you know, a little dry, so I had to get a little drink. All right, next up here, let's keep this thing moving along. I want to get into the Bills' offensive approach to this game because this is actually a Giants defense that going into last week, has struggled to get the turnovers that I think that they got accustomed to a season ago. That all changed. And funny enough, it was against Tua Tagovailoa, who historically does a really good job of taking care of the football. That game probably should have been a little bit more of a blowout, but I think the Giants hung around because they were able to turn the ball over. There was a, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, come on. Bobby Okariki um, had a great pass deflection near the goal line. Uh, the uh, the safety picked it off and took it all the way back to the house. Those are the kind of plays. That's the only way for me that the Giants find a way to stay in this game against the Bills if the Bills kind of like make mistakes with the ball. Yeah, it would have to be a repeat of week one, Matt, where there are multiple turnovers, not just one uh, or even two. Uh, the, the talent level between these two teams is significantly different going into this game. So you, you clearly like what Buffalo has to offer here offensively. 
Uh, yes, Brian Dable knows Josh Allen in this offense very well. I'm sure Wink Martindale is going to be sending the house at times and sending pressure, but the Bills have ways to counter that. We were talking pre-show about Stephon Diggs and, and a favorable matchup there. I think the Bills are going to try to get this run game back on track after a disappointing performance uh, in London. So I, I really don't see a path minus multiple turnovers where the Giants can contend in this matchup. Yeah, and I think that one thing that you could say about Josh Allen through the for the last four games since the Jets game, I did like a national radio show this week, and one of the first questions they asked was, all right, so do you think Josh Allen's going to be able to get back on track against the Giants? And I, I kind of stopped for a second. I said, I think i got to push back. He, he was actually really good against the Jags. Go back and watch that game. The ball, he took care of the ball for the most part. I think a 50-50 ball to Stephon Diggs is a, is a chance you take, a risk you take, Every single time, I thought he was efficient. I thought his ball placement was good. And what I've really liked about the last four weeks of Josh Allen is how smart he's been with his decision-making when it comes to running the ball. He isn't always looking at the first sign of trouble to take off and run with it, and I think he's leaning more on that unbelievable weapon that he has with his right arm. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. Uh, I, I think there's going to come a time where I want them to kind of break glass in case of emergency and let him run more. I think he's had opportunities where even last week against Jacksonville, he had some open field and he opted to throw the ball instead. But overall, he has been very good the last few weeks. Uh, he mentioned that the 50-50 ball that was intercepted, only reason it was more of a 50-50 is his arm was affected on the play. He had to kind of reload the ball before he threw it, so that threw the timing off. He did have digs open a few times. There's a few drops, a lot of penalties that put the Bills behind the markers. Uh, that's the that's another way that the Bills could get derailed tomorrow, Matt, is we have a repeat in terms of the penalties. Once you put yourself in those third and long situations, as good as Josh Allen is and can be, that's not a recipe for success either. But Allen himself, I think, has been done a great job in terms of uh, protecting the ball, playing, obviously, the quarterback position at an elite level since week one. You mentioned the run game for the Bills, and I, I don't think they could find a better matchup to get that run game going. The Giants ranked 30th in the NFL in run defense. They're giving up 151 yards rushing per game. And I'm wondering, do you think this will be the game where we see a little bit of a dip away from what they've leaned into over the first month, featuring James Cook for the most part, and maybe leaning on more of that nasty physical run game with Damian Harris and Latavius Murray? Or do you give a huge opportunity in a game like this against a defense like this to James Cook. I'm still giving the opportunity to James Cook first and foremost. He's been that back that was, you know, he was top five in, in terms of uh, rushing yards going into last week's game before he finally kind of hit that wall in terms of performance. But there needs to be more of a mix with that physicality. We saw Damian Harris getting four or five yards per clip early in that game. And that was a matchup last week where I think a physical back was a better way to go, a better route to go. We've seen Latavius Murray rip off some big runs too. But against a run defense like New York's, that's, like you said, bottom in the league, I want to give my explosive back, James Cook, every opportunity to kind of uh, take the ball and run, literally. I want to get into a couple of matchups here, Bills offense versus Giants defense. And I'm going to start with Bills left tackle Deion Dawkins against Kayvon Thibodeau because if you want to talk about guys that are going to be wearing New York Giants colors on Sunday night that have a chance to really impact this game, I probably start with Thibodeau, who has four sacks coming into this game. I think from a pressure perspective, his ability to win in one-on-ones, 
the Bills are going to have to have a plan for him. Now, the, the Giants defensive line hasn't been overly impressive. Uh, I don't think you go into this game worried about this unit, but if you had one player that could potentially could have, have a fingerprint on this game, it's Thibodeau. Now, you look at Deion Dawkins. He has been so under the radar good and solid for the mm. Bills to start this season. I thought last week was maybe his worst game, but after going back and watching it, it wasn't really as bad as maybe even I talked about on Wednesday. He's been really good. I think his ability to get into his stance quickly this season is is back at that level that we saw late in 2021. So I really like this matchup, and I think the Bills have a chance to win it. And if they win it, I think it's going to be really hard for the Giants to slow down the Bills or affect their passing game. Yeah, if they win that matchup, Josh Allen's going to have a lot of time to scan the field and and wait for guys to get open if need be. Uh, anytime you have a, a tremendous pass rusher, a young pass rusher on paper that could become this elite-level type of player, it's a concern. But the Bills have shown in those one-on-one matchups, they generally can hold up pretty well, come up with a game plan. Last week, Josh Allen was a little bit different for Jacksonville. He had a little bit more success. It was one of the, um, probably the worst performance by the O-line last week, I think, of the season. So they need to get back on track there, too. But, yes, if they win that matchup, uh, this one might be a blow-up by halftime. Um, Speaking of blow-up, we've been blowing up people's phones all week on the Shout Insider text line. Apologies for that. But listen, we want to give you the inside scoop, everything that we're thinking. Uh, you can become a Shout Buffalo Bills insider by texting 716-528-6727. And the Shout text line is brought to you by Carrie C. Byer, attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Litro, located at 237 Main Street, Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give him a call at 716-852-1234 or check out LitroLaw.com. All right, here's the other matchup I wanted to talk about. One of the best receivers in the NFL has looked like one of the best receivers in the NFL this season. He's been heavily featured in this Bills offense and Stephon Diggs. He's going up against a really cool young cornerback in Deontay Banks, who I think has a lot of talent, has been pretty solid at times this season. This is going to be among his toughest tests, and they really struggled slowing down Tyreek Hill last week. I think if you're a fantasy owner and you have Stephon Diggs, get him in your lineup this weekend. Well, I think you're foolish if you don't have Stephon Diggs in your lineup That's every fair. week as a fantasy owner. But I, I agree. This is one of those matchups with uh, Deontay Banks. Again, young, promising cornerback, but he really struggled with Tyreek Hill's speed. I think he's going to struggle with Stephon Diggs' route running. Uh, Diggs still has, obviously, some breakaway speed, too, but it's the double moves. It, it's just the getting off the line. Uh, I, I think you're going to have a lot of easy pitch and catches with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs on Sunday night. Let's flip it over to the Giants offense one more time because one of the most talked about storylines heading into this week and in New York in general is the health of Saquon Barkley. If he does play in this game, the offensive line that he's going to be running behind, do you think that if he plays, that somehow changes things for this offense? Because we haven't even talked much about Tyra, Tyra Taylor yet, and we can get into that conversation as well. I think... Taylor is the ultimate game manager. I think he can he can do some things with his arm and his legs and maybe mitigate some of the problems with that offensive line. If he's able to do that, I think that that helps a, a Saquon Barkley if he's healthy enough to play. I just don't know if we're there. No, I don't know if we're there yet either. But listen, if he does play, Matt, the Bills are going to dare Taylor to beat them. They're going to stack the box. Uh, they're going to probably eat up a, an offensive line that is missing multiple starters, missing their swing tackle. Even if uh, Evan Neal plays, he's going to be less than 100%. 
So that there's a lot of things to kind of look at here and say they should be able to stop Saquon Barkley more times than not. And when it comes to Taylor, you know, he played a huge role in, in ending the Bills' playoff draw. I hope he gets a nice ovation tomorrow from the crowd uh, at Highmark Stadium. But at this point in his career, he's not going to be able to beat you on his own. So the Bills are going to dare him to do so, and I just don't see a path for that to happen. I was a big Tyra Tyler guy back in the day, uh, back in 2014, 2015. Um, I don't think he was ever the kind of guy that was going to beat you on his own. He had some really good games. I think the other problem that people don't talk enough about for guys like him, and even maybe a little bit to like about Ryan Fitzpatrick late in his career, is it's been so long since he's been a regular contributor in the NFL. It's almost like they're asking a guy that, you know, hasn't played a lot of football to go out there and perform some kind of magic against a team in the Bills that even without Jones, even without Milano, we could talk about what the plan might be at linebacker. That's a, a big ask against a really good defense. Huge ask. It, like you just said, he, he has not been a regular starter now for quite a few years. Uh, so to come in and go against one of the top-ranked defenses in this league it is not a promising matchup for Taylor. And, yes, the Bills will be without Matt Milano. They'll be without Daquan Jones. But I, I think that even that patchwork defense last week against Jacksonville – Held up really well for most of the game and did their job. A big reason why that defense did so well was because of a guy that we were pretty hard on in the summer. Tyrell Dotson came out and, you know, I thought Dorian Williams had a couple moments live, but Sean McDermott mentioned that it was his tackling that just wasn't where he needed it to be. So they turned to the veteran in Dotson, who's had four years in this system. And it's funny because I've never really imagined him in that outside backer role because whenever they've talked about him playing it's always been at the mic spot he's a really smart guy he knows the scheme but at outside linebacker it just looked like he was able to play a little bit more freely he was flying around he made a couple plays in coverage he made a, i think he had one tackle for a loss if dotson can kind of find a little bit of juice i think you stick with him i think the plan is probably going to be dotson and then kind of see where it goes and maybe even a plan to get Williams, maybe a couple of series. That's just it. I, I, I would like to see a rotation, at least in mind for this Bills team. You want to get Dorian Williams reps. You want to see if he can improve on that tackling. But at the same time, you know, the, the whole ride, the hot hand philosophy. If Tyrell Dodson is playing great football, you don't take him off the field just because going into this game, you wanted to see Dorian Williams. Right. If someone's playing at a high level for you, you keep him on the field, let him kind of uh, play that game and then maybe make a switch late if it gets out of hand, something along those lines. Uh, very high on Dorian Williams, his skill set, his athleticism. But again, the way that Dodson came in and performed when called upon last week, he made play after play for them, solid in tackling, pass deflections, tackles for losses. Uh, if that happens again tomorrow night, you keep him on the field. If we rewind the clock a little bit to, let's say, April, I wasn't really picturing Balen Specter being in the middle linebacker competition. And then we get to training camp, and I felt like everything got flipped around a little bit when they said, all right, it's going to be Terrell Bernard, it's going to be Balen Specter, and it's going to be Tyrell Dotson. And I'm like, well, wait a second. I kind of always thought that he might be the easiest projection to Matt Milano backup. So I'm wondering if Dotson struggles and Dorian Williams, you have some questions about his tackling ability. Do they maybe turn things over to Balen Specter for a series or two just to see what it looks like? And then now you have 
tape on all three of those guys to make your decision going into what are going to be considerably tougher games as we go along over the next month. Yeah, the athleticism for Balen Spector makes a lot of sense for him to kind of, in, in your mind, be a Matt Milano type of backup, someone that can go sideline to sideline. Uh, the scouting report said he runs like his hair's on fire, right. kind of a la Kiko Alonso back in the day. That was on his scouting report too. Uh, yeah, get him in there. Get, get him a few reps if you can, if you need to. But this is also his first game back after coming off of the IR. I think they're going to probably slow play him a little bit, get him on special teams. But, yeah, if both of those other options between Dodson and Dorian Williams uh, disappoint or aren't playing at a high enough level, absolutely, by all means, give Spectre a chance. All right, we got two more things to hit on before we get out of here and we make our prediction for tomorrow's game. First off, let's go to the Bills' cornerback situation. Dane Jackson is questionable. He's been dealing with a foot injury all week, which makes things really interesting for tomorrow because you have Christian Benford who missed last week. He has been trending in a good direction. It looks like he's going to play, so he's going to be at one of the corner spots. If Jackson is able to play, you figure he's going to play at the other corner spot. If he can't go, I've heard a lot of murmurs in the media room, some people talking about maybe Jamarcus Ingram, over Kyer Elam to start this week. He got elevated off the practice squad. I'm not personally there. I think Kyer Elam, in this matchup against this team, you run him out there. But they obviously like Ingram, and they went to him, and they benched Elam last week against the Jags. What is the play? And I guess we could set this up two ways. What would you do, and what do you feel like the Bills are going to do? I think what I would do and what the Bills are going to do are might be the same thing, Matt. And I'm giving Kyrie Elam one more chance. One, this is a former first-round pick. This is someone that, you know, after the game said, I'm going to do whatever I can to show that I, I can provide uh, help for this defense. This is a more favorable matchup than one week ago. He's had another full week to prepare for a team like this. See what he can do, but you have him on a short leash this time. You're not waiting until late in the game to pull him for those last eight snaps to put Jamarcus Ingram in. If after the first two or three series, if he's truly lost, then you, you put Ingram in there right away. And listen, Ingram, there's not a lot of tape on him, but last year he had to come in during that Miami game in week right. three, and he played a pretty good football game considering, you know, you didn't know what you were going to get out of him. You were going up against a Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle type of wide receiver core, and he held his own. So you you don't want to move on from the first round pick too quickly but it's certainly trending that way. Give Elon a start, see what he can do, but know that you have Jamarcus Singer waiting in the wings. I think it's interesting because like the situation at corner, I think benefits Elam in the sense that if Dane Jackson can't go, listen, you, you almost have no choice but to play him. I mean, he's played more football than Ingram. I think even if you think Ingram is kind of close and maybe they're in the same bucket, I didn't think Elam was as bad on rewatch as it felt like in real time. He had a couple of plays where I felt like he got turned around, but those are the kinds of things that I just don't know are going to get fixed without reps. Like, I think he needs time to play, and I think over time last season, as the games went along, he looked better week by week, and he made a couple of big plays. Like, how many interceptions did the Bills have through five games? I'm trying to think here. I'm going to look yeah, it up. Top of my head, I don't know, but while you're looking that up, Matt, you know, the, the one thing that, that I would say about Kyrie Elam and this Bills defense, he has the talent, he has the tools, he has the skill set. It, it's just a matter of getting him comfortable in his own defense. And like you said, 
that comes with reps. Last week, he went against Kelvin Ridley, Christian Kirk. Uh, Ridley, before the whole gambling suspension, if, if you ever watched him in Atlanta, unbelievable wide receiver. Put up monster stats in that offense. Looked the part of a, a you know number one type of wide receiver. Christian Kirk last year, his chemistry with Trevor Lawrence was off the chart. So it wasn't like he was going up against any kind of slouches at cornerback. Or I'm sorry, excuse me, at wide receiver. Uh, going into this game, yes, there's some talent at wide receiver on the Giants as well, but this is still a more favorable matchup. This is another week of preparation. Get him on that field. Here's a stat. A.J. Epinesa has more interceptions this season than Dane Jackson and Christian Benford combined. So I guess that's my point, is that I think there's an upside to Elam as a playmaker where maybe you do give up a couple of big receptions, right? The tackling isn't always great sometimes he's out of position but I also think his short area speed and quickness puts him in a spot at times to make plays on the ball and he, and he made those plays last year and I think you'd almost want to lean into that a little bit more and just see what you have over a longer period of time but we'll see how they go I want to finish with uh tight ends the Bills didn't call up and elevate uh Joel Wilson they're going into this game with Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid both questionable but it appears they're trending in a good direction you, you would think that at least one of them will be on the field tomorrow night, if not both. You still have Quentin Morris, obviously, as well. But, yeah, Joel Wilson not being elevated was a good sign for this team in terms of uh, where Dalton Kincaid was in the concussion protocol. Looked like he was on that final stage late in the week. You have Dawson Knox, who he's gutted out some injuries throughout his career for this team. So you would like to think without that elevation to Wilson, both could go. All right. We've been about 30 minutes here on the preview show. It is time to make our predictions. I'm going to let you start here. How does this thing go, and who wins it? Yeah, this is just a get-right game for the Bills. All these injuries for the Giants uh, doesn't bode well. The Bills get back on track in a big way. They win this one 41-17. to 17. I think the run game to – what is it? 41-17. to 17. Oh, my gosh. We're, we're so close. Read, read mine off so you know that I wrote this down beforehand. <laughs> Yeah, Matt had it 41-21, we don't, we don't ever talk about our predictions before the show, but we're always, like, within three points off. I, sometimes it feels like we share the same brain. 41-21, Bills. I think they're going to lean into the run game. James Cook, Latavius Murray, Damian Harris, you know, get them all in your fantasy lineup, your DFS. I think they're going to lean into that, and I think they could do a lot of things offensively in the pass game, but I think it's just this is a team you can run against, and I think at home, after a bad performance, Sean McDermott's want to want to get that run game going. I think they'll be able to do that. Bills 41-21. Yeah, I'm looking for a lot of three and outs from this Giants offense with the Bills defense really getting after them. Uh, I think Taylor might have a few turnovers in this game. You, you flip the field position, you give the Bills short fields, and that's where the, po the, the points start to pile up. All right, we're 24 hours away officially, and you want to start your slider Sunday winning streak with Kings Hawaiian this football season and earn rewards to redeem free product and brand swag. Visit the Topps Deli section and look for the bright orange King's Hawaiian displays to scan the QR for a chance to instantly win tailgating prizes and visit topsmarkets.com slash slider Sunday for slider recipes. Man, I gotta go get some uh, some tea or something. I'm losing my voice. Still from that whole London trip, I bet. We're, we're still feeling it a little we're bit. We're still feeling it. Shout out to Wingnuts, North Buffalo, 700 Military Road, the best wings in Buffalo for my money. Get out here. Get yourself the hookup. 
you know, get some takeout tomorrow. Whatever you got to do. Get some wings in your belly. All right, for Ryan, I'm Matt. We'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy the game.